I'm like, yeah, ah, a mystery. Welcome to episode 150 of the Barnhart Podcast. You asked for it, you want it, we all need to hear it. Back again with Nurse Claire and Dr. Beep getting ready to fill us all in on what's going on. And frankly, for, for these two outstanding people, they need they need to testify they need to witness to what they're seeing and what's going on in the world with with regards to covidism and and this entire global putsch that's happening and just as just as a review um nurse claire is a nurse anesthetist east of the mississippi river in a very large city in a very large hospital Dr. Beep is a general practitioner in a hospital in the Midwest. These people are on the ground. They are frontline. They're seeing this stuff. They are in optimal position to witness and testify to what exactly is going on. And guys, it's it's not good. It's infuriating. And none of us are terribly optimistic in terms of what's coming down the pike um, later this summer, this fall, when the next flu, cold and flu season starts, you know, Nurse Claire sent me, you sent me a message and said, I hope this isn't just all gloom and doom. And I replied and said, it's, it's not going to be a barrel of monkeys. This is not going to be a comedic episode or anything. But people want and need to hear this. And you guys are doing an invaluable service by testifying to what's going on. So I thought to start, I go to each of you in turn just describe what the situation on the ground is. I mean, I assume that the hospitals are just basically empty at this point because we're at the nadir of the cold and flu season. Nobody has the flu. Nobody has a cold in uh, the first week of July, the second week of July. But they're pushing, 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 pushing CNN, all this crap, pushing Delta... Omicron, Lambda, I mean, just go through the Greek alphabet. This is not going to stop. So both of you, if you would, please describe what you're seeing on the ground in your respective facilities. Um, Nurse Claire, let's start with you. Uh, Okay. Well, you said the hospitals are empty. I would submit to you that empty um, is not really the word. They're empty. They're empty of the COVID patients because we're not we don't have that, but we're very actually quite busy. And uh, I made a statement on Twitter and I'll just say it here. I'm not going to share anecdotal experiences that I've heard second or third hand. I will only tell you because they're, as we have established in our last podcast together, there's a lot of misinformation out there. It's very difficult to distinguish who's on what side, who's telling the truth. Um, So I will just share with you my own personal observations. I encounter patients who require anesthesia for a procedure. I don't see patients in the emergency room. I don't work in a clinic or a neurology department. Um, None of that stuff. I work in an operating room and I venture outside of the operating room only in limited circumstances 
One of those would be to the cardiology department where people present for outpatient synchronized cardioversion for cardiac arrhythmias. Now, uh, and we sedate them for that because we're, we have to shock them. Um, we've had an, an uptick in those cases. Um, it's not uncommon for people to develop atrial fibrillation. That's something that's always happened in the history of man. However, we are seeing much more patients presenting with atrial fibrillation who are requiring synchronized cardioversion to correct that arrhythmia. And the common denominator among these people is that they've been recently vaccinated and now have new onset AFib. Um, new, the onset. Other, new onset. New, on, yeah. new yeah. onset AFib. The other um, clearly, clearly vaccine-related, and I shouldn't, I've, I use the word vaccine very loosely. We know, we have said in the past, these yeah. are not true vaccines. Right. These are, yeah. even even the emergency use authorization data that was submitted by the pharmaceutical companies to the FDA identified these injections as gene therapeutics, yeah. genetic therapeutics. So yeah, I've been, I've been using the term pharmacologic um <laughs> or pharmaceutical product, I think is the, yes. the term that I've, so that's if, the, the broadest, easiest way that I can yeah. say it's a it's, pharmaceutical product. It's like product. hot dogs, processed it, meat substance. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, yeah, a Pretty meat -like much. substance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I, if I say the word vaccine, it's, I'm trying to break myself of that habit. It's just laziness. I, I think guess. it's the um, easiest term, like we can just Everyone recognizes Everyone what we, we're talking about. Right. So I think Everyone it, yeah, knows what we're Well, there, there's also to, death injection, death yeah. injection. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody knows. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So the other um, very, it, it's actually quite tragic. The other surgical procedure that I see now much more than previously is within our vascular surgery department. Mm -hmm. We have yep. lots of patients coming in with clots, severe, severe yeah. clots in their legs, in their arms. Yeah. I, now I've seen clots. I, I've been doing this a long time. I've been a nurse since 1997. I've seen patients develop clots in their arms. Rarely it does happen, but to see it now with such frequency yeah. in people who are nine days post-vax, uh -huh. four days post-second dose. I mean... I think that's the key. I think people are looking at this who are in denial and they're saying, okay, people like Nurse Claire and Dr. Beep, they're seeing these clots that happened before and they're just they're just um, putting that onto the death jab. But you, it, it, the frequency with this is the just... The frequency. Is just crazy right. high and it's always what week two weeks three weeks post, post yes injection yes yeah in march i had a woman who developed pain it, actually i i cared for her in june but in march she came to the hospital to have a clot extracted from her leg and the vascular surgeon actually wrote in his note that she had received the pfizer injection it just days before her symptoms developed. Yep. Um, and then despite being anticoagulated and, and having him extract this clot from her leg, she was back again in June for the exact same thing. And it was a significant clot. We were in the operating room for 
three, four hours trying to pull this. It was massive. It was huge. Um, I recently had a gentleman who was on anticoagulants because he had a prior history of atrial fibrillation. So he was being anticoagulated, but he presented to the ER with fatigue, shortness of breath. They did a CT scan and lo and behold, he had a pulmonary embolism. Sure. And that pulmonary embolism developed in spite, in spite of him being anticoagulated already. And right. so everyone loses their mind. Everyone gets a hematology consult and the yep. hematologist <laughs> runs all of these labs and writes in her note about how quote unquote highly irregular this uh. is. But meanwhile, this gentleman received, I believe when I looked at his chart, I believe he got Moderna. Mm-hmm. So, um, f- f- my, my frontline experience, I have seen way, way more vaccine associated, uh, I don't know, morbidities yeah. than I yeah. saw related to COVID. Yeah. 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 That's a really important point. There's way more people getting their ass kicked by these death injections than were ever getting their ass kicked by COVID. And COVID, Dr. B, this is a thing that you pretty much kind of broke because when we did our very, very first episode, you you said every person I've seen who has died of this was obese. Is that it or is the obesity thing with regards to COVID in say, not not the death jab, but to COVID obesity is is just absolutely key in this, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. No, the. And, and that still holds true. Obviously, there have been non-obese people that have died with a positive COVID test, maybe from COVID. Who knows? Uh, still, or from the, the stage the, four cancer that most or, of them or had, whatever you know? the, the the motorcycle accident, the cancer, <laughs> yeah. the, whatever the bullet falling off their roof. Yeah, yeah you know whatever they're going to try and attribute to it. Young people, healthy people, whatever have, of course. I like I said before, I've seen young healthy people die from complications from the flu. Uh, so, you know, I always, you get these anecdotes thrown at you when, you know, when you say something at work, like I do, like, Hey, I'm not taking the vaccine, uh, blow it out your butt. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, but I've seen, I saw a 42 year old healthy guy die and it's like, well, yeah, that's tragic and it's terrible. Who knows what was actually going on, but that's an anecdote. And I, you know, I'm always being told, well, your, your stories are just anecdotes. You know, the, the, however many people you've seen with vaccine related adverse events, you know, that's just a. Those are just anecdotes. Okay, well, that's a series of them. It starts to become significant. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm with, with Nurse Claire. The, the hospital, the pandemic, whatever it was, is over. Uh, and for, for anybody that doesn't know my backstory, I was in the medical ICU basically at the height of this thing last year. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, no one can claim that I'm just some uh, desk jockey somewhere who's claiming that he's heard secondhand these things. I was in the ICU. I was on the floor. I was taking care of COVID patients every single day, uh, from the, basically the beginning of this, uh, it's over. They're still fear mongering. They're still, you know, trying to act like it's a big deal. Delta, Lambda. Yeah. It's it's never going to end. Yeah. They've Mm -hmm. figured out their little end run around freedom and they're going to exploit it. Yep. Um, but, it's business as usual, and it's actually busy. Uh, you know, it's busy in the OR. Everyone's trying to make up for all the lost yep. time last year. Yep. Uh, but Nurse Claire, I'm seeing exactly what what you're seeing. Uh, I'm in in internal medicine, 
the average age of my patients in the hospital, I don't know what it is. It's probably 60 plus, 65 plus mm -hmm. on a, a normal year, normal day. Um, and I've been, so I'm, I'm now done with my residency training. Uh, and so I have had the pleasure of rotating through some of these subspecialties in the last, uh, this last year, uh, hematology, neurology, uh, a variety of other specialties. And so I've had to, uh, I've gotten a, a different perspective and I've seen these cases getting referred to these specialists and I'm seeing young people in their twenties and, and, and thirties, uh, or even in their teens, their late teens mm -hmm. coming in with massive clotting, clotting yeah. in the legs, clotting in the arms, clotting in the lungs. Yep. Uh, in some cases leading to, uh, cardiac arrest requiring intubation, ICU stays, uh, and then you don't even go home to go home. You go home as in you go to an inpatient rehab because you are so screwed up from this. And I've seen patients who've been in the hospital four, five, six days once we get consulted on the hematology service or whatever, and you go see them, they have, you know, this weird clotting and this very young person. And I'm the only person, you know, they've been in the hospital for four or five days. I'm the first person to ask, did you get any new vaccinations yep. in the recent history? Yep. Oh, yeah. I got the second dose of Moderna two weeks before this happened. Yep. Okay. And you're the first person to bring it up. I'm that, the that... very first person and only person. And I bring it up to the attendings. I bring it up to other people. And it's that blank stare uh, that you might get if you had a discussion with a Catholic and you told them that Jesus was not the Savior. Or if you talk to a Muslim and you said, I don't know about this Muhammad guy. Or you talk to a Mormon and you say, ah, I don't know, Joseph Smith. It's that like, I don't want to debate this, that like kind of glassy look in the eyes and yep. sort of avert your eyes and let's change the subject. And it doesn't get brought up again. And it, and it goes nowhere. Because COVIDism is all together now. It's a it's religion. 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 Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. This is this. Uh, and by the, the way, Jesus, is the, Jesus is God, and He is the Savior. We're just making that clear. Oh, yeah. We're oh, not, we're not no, analogizing no, no. Him to Joseph uh, Smith or or no, no, no. But, or you know, Muhammad. That, that is the reaction that you get. Is if you're talking to a religious person that doesn't, they're not looking to talk right. theology shop. Right. You're going to get that same. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You have your beliefs and blah blah blah. Let's move on. Um, I've seen I've seen young people with the clotting. I've seen people, uh, young people tw in their 20s, mm -hmm. oh, she was totally fine until a week after the COVID vaccine. And now all of a sudden she's coming in with this weird arrhythmia that she needed to be shocked for. And now she's got a decreased ejection fraction on her echocardiogram. It must just be this really weird, random, rare thing. We can't yeah. figure it out. Oh, yeah. when did she get the shot last week? Shit. You don't think that might be related? Absolutely not. Yep. Uh, I've seen I've seen people literally within hours of getting their shot be, become paralyzed, mm -hmm. and it's oh, oh it's Guillain Barre or it's transverse myelitis. It's one of these random things, and it doesn't even get asked. It's it's uh, it is forbidden yep. to attribute any of this to the vaccine. Yep. And this is not just one or two random anecdotes here. I'm seeing multiple cases of this myself, and I've talked to other people other residents who are kind of true believers who are also starting to put this together. Like, Hey, I was on cardiology last month and we had three or four people in their twenties come in in heart failure after mm -hmm. getting the COVID vaccine. What that's, what's that about? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't know. As you stroke <laughs> your facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm glad to hear some of these people. I'm glad to hear some of them are putting it together because oh, it's, I've, I, I think I told Ann about this. I, I yeah, had an who? instance. 
<laughs> uh oh, wait, I have to write that down. Oh no, Uh-oh. my name is Anne. My name is Anne. Okay, never mind. We don't have to beep. That. <laughs> oh no, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's good. Oh no, <laughs> you told Agent- Anne what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I related that story to you the other day where I talked to a, a guy that was a former true believer who has had a bad reaction to the vaccine himself and who relay, relayed to me that a couple of our colleagues uh, a few months ago submitted a case series mm-hmm. of young people with heart problems after the COVID vaccine, and they couldn't get anyone to sign off on this paper. And then when they did, no one would accept no one would publish their article. Yep. Not a single uh, journal yep. in this country would accept their article, which is very unusual. We're usually very good at getting our stuff published. No, it's it's a total blackout. Yep. Yep. So that's that's where that is what I have seen and that is what I've heard, and it jives with what Nurse Claire is seeing so as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna springboard off of what you just said and say we all know that the mainstream media is corrupt Mm -hmm. and does censor we also know social media is rife with censorship Mm -hmm. let us be very clear to the listenership that medicine medicine has also been co-opted by political ideologues and there is gross censorship in academic medical literature, as well as nursing literature about what is going on. Mm -hmm. And people who are seeing this and do attempt to get it published, like Dr. Beep just said, are going to be censored. And we also know that patients who were admitted to the hospital with COVID back in the winter, back in the fall, they just were admitted so that we could mm, bill for a bed, bill for an admission, give them some supplemental oxygen, and then stand there and watch them rot because the federal government told physicians there's no treatment available. Yep. And physicians who did attempt to think outside the box and apply hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, um, inhaled budesonide, um, methylprednisolone, and ivermectin Mm -hmm. were actively, actively suppressed. Did you know on June 8th this year, South Carolina just lifted a ban on hydroxychloroquine? There are multiple states within this country that still do not allow a physician to prescribe hydroxychloroquine. There are still pharmacists who refuse to fill these prescriptions. Yes. Yes. America's Frontline Doctors is currently recruiting patients for a class action lawsuit who had their prescriptions denied yep. by pharmacists. Their prescriptions, their valid prescriptions yeah. for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I do not believe that the real death toll is 600,000. I do believe that that's grossly inflated. However, I believe the people who did in fact die of Mm COVID-19 did not have to die. They died because of a refusal to treat. Refusal to treat, absolutely. Can I testify? I've, I've received emails from people. One guy said he straight up asked his general practitioner, if I were in the hospital, and I were 24 hours from death, and I or my power of attorney, my immediate family member, 
begged you to give me ivermectin because because I'm going to be dead in 24 hours either way. Would you do it? The doctor looked him in the eye and said, absolutely not. I just got an email from another person who said their doctor gave them a straight up legit prescription for ivermectin. They went to the pharmacy, you know, a, a big name pharmacy that you all know. The pharmacist asked them, are you getting this for anything related to COVID? And he said, yeah, I'm getting it as a prophylactic. Pharmacist refused to fill the prescription. So, so people wonder why it is that I'm here begging people to, to go buy, yes, bovine drugs, injectable bovine drugs that you take orally, that you drink, why am I doing this? Number one, because it's the safest, easiest way to go, because there's no guarantee that your doctor or the pharmacy, because you've got two people to go through now. You've got, you have to go through a doctor and you have to go through a pharmacist. There's, there's a significant chance that one or both of them will categorically refuse to give you literally the safest drug in the world. You're going to have to pay about 20 times more for it, and it's exactly the same drug. And I know, Nurse Claire, you want to testify to that. But it's this whole continuum of things. Why in the, I, I, You can walk in to any ag supply store and buy ivermectin off the shelf, go to the cash register, pay cash. There's no record of it. You're not in any, um, you know, any pharmaceutical database. And remember... When you, when you get anything from a pharmacy, that's going into a database, guys. You're, so that's all tracked. If you can get this stuff, go, go to an ag supply store, buy it, pay cash for it. Cash, you know, you know Benjamin Franklin's at the, at, the, at the checkout counter. Pay cash for it and walk out of there. And you've got hundreds of doses of this stuff. Why in the hell... Would you go through, and there are so many people, Nurse Claire, I know you want to speak to this, who just have this massive block on, I can't take something that's labeled for animal use because it's different and it's dangerous and blah, blah, blah. Can you please testify? I mean, guys, don't take my word for it. Listen, listen, to, um, well, listen to a nurse. I I said in the last podcast, a Benadryl is a Benadryl. Mm -hmm. I've given my dog a Benadryl Mm -hmm. from my hall closet that I bought at Target that's human Benadryl. So ivermectin, the injectable form of ivermectin for for animals, don't inject this. You have to take it orally. Take it orally. Yeah. But it is still ivermectin yeah it's just not formulated in a fancy pants pill right you can drink it it doesn't i don't think it tastes the best it leaves a little weird coating on my tongue but um i just put a few flavor drops in it and is flavor is flavor drops the new code word for whiskey or (laughs) 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 flavor drops i like that this is a 12 year flavor drop (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Magical brown. Yes. Okay. Writing that down as a a possible title, flavor drops. (laughs) 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 So the, the 1% on the bottle, just that simply means the concentration. That means that it's 10 milligrams per ML. Mm -hmm. 
the standard oral dose that's being used in the ivermectin treatment protocols is 12 to 15 milligrams. I've seen for very sick patients, 20 milligrams. And I did see a physician somewhere who's, who said that she's using more, but we're going to leave her out of the mix because that's not in the literature. Um, so if you ha you need a syringe to draw it out of the bottle because there, it is it is in a sterile bottle because it's meant to be injected. Um, so there's a rubber stopper. You need a syringe and you draw out 1.2 mLs, which gives you 12 milligrams yeah. because there is 10 milligrams per mL. It is simple math. Mm -hmm. You throw it in a little shot glass and you woof it down mm -hmm. and you're good to go. Yep. Um, and someone asked, otherwise, me today, someone asked me today if they, if they should increase the dose and guys my answer was don't increase the quantity but if you want to you can increase the frequency but don't increase the quantity so if you want to go from every six weeks to every three weeks or something like that you know just spitballing here if you're gonna increase if you want to increase it if you're around sick people I, I don't know just you know talking off the top of my head here don't increase the quantity increase the frequency if you want to but don't be dumb you don't need to take this stuff every day in fact taking it every day is not no 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 yeah don't, don't I, do I that. wouldn't take no. it every day no no, no 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 um but these are desperate times okay we are under whether you want to admit it or not a totalitarian regime yes the government is actively withholding treatment yes from the populace yes they're, they're putting doctors in prison. There's a six-month jail term associated with doctors trying to prescribe iver, ivermectin in Australia. Australia yes. is Australia, I, I, it's funny you should bring that up because I actually have a letter here that someone wrote uh, from a law firm in New South Wales and sent to their um, the premier of the governor, I guess, of New South Wales and their health minister. And it is, it is unbelievable. It is about 20 pages long. Um, I think that I did retweet it this morning so people can find it on my Twitter feed, but it, it's quite impressive. And Australia is a prison island yeah. at this point. Um, I did hear from a Latin mass mom in Australia that the sacraments are completely yeah. unavailable. Yep. Um, they are under lockdown. You can leave your house once a day to go shopping. However, when you arrive at the store, you have to know exactly what you're there to buy. You go in, you buy it, you leave. There's no browsing. Mm -hmm. um, there's no schools. Nothing is open. Doctors' offices aren't open. You're, you, you absolutely cannot go to mass. Yep. You can't receive the sacrament of confession. Yep. Um, and this seems to be going on in the UK, I believe, also Ireland and Canada. So for whatever reason, the Commonwealth countries are really um, just complete bastions of Marxism at this point. And Goodness, I'm sure that I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, hmm, maybe something in the 1700s that happened in London, um, like 1717, yeah. or or you know we could go back. Yes. We could go back to like Queen Elizabeth uh, the first and all that, and her father, <laughs> the syphilitic um, 
psycho. Yeah. I mean, it's all of that. Now, um, this, this segues into a dual point that I have in my notes. And I, I told both of you that kind of the overarching theme that I want this episode to have is the fact that the medical system is totally broken. It's bought and paid for. And there's this absolutely bizarre quasi priesthood. Now, listen, I'm, I'm all about allopathy. I'm all about you know, up until, up until this, I would have said to anybody, you know what, you need, you need to listen to your doctor, do what your doctor tells you to do. Don't be a dummy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. At this point though, I think what we need to communicate to people is that the, the, the medical profession as, as an in aggregate has lost almost all credibility at this point and you need to be thinking outside the box and I'm I mean we're sitting here we're doing this with Dr. Beep and Nurse Claire and we're all on the same page that these people are freaking zombies and it, we're we're in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and these people like Dr. Beep said and, and Nurse Claire said I mean it's just it's blank stare if, you know, do you, do you even want to bring up the fact that this person just got a death injection? Um, do you even want to bring up the fact that you just sent somebody home, told them to wait until they're basically dying, come back, and, and when you come back, I won't even prescribe you anything that will even help you, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's craziness, and <laughs> like I said, up, up until a year and change ago, I would have told anybody, listen, listen, do, do what your doctor tells you to do. At this point, though, we, we've got to disabuse people of this. So who wants to go first? Dr. Beep, Abs you want to go? I, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this. This this is a sort of painful subject. Yeah. Obviously, I went into this profession, uh, and I have to have some faith in the system to do any of the jobs that I really love to do. I love hospital medicine. I love you know helping people in the hospital. Um, and I was like you. Uh, until fairly recently, I wasn't a, a full, like I've never been fully indoctrinated, I guess. I've always been pretty skeptical, but I've always been like, oh yeah, you know, talk with your doctor and come to a conclusion. And there are bad doctors and there are good doctors. And I still think that for the average person, if you go to your doctor and you have high blood pressure, we can get to that. We can get that under control. And I don't think we're going to try and kill you, you know, with that treatment. Right, right. Uh, if you have chest pain, come to the hospital, we'll treat you. We can send you to the cath lab, whatever. Um, but specifically with COVID, yeah, I, I can, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that I, I feel like I'm surrounded by, uh, yeah, zombies, I yeah. guess. And, and I don't want to, uh, in, insult my colleagues, but, uh, we we're, we're you're watching a wolf or a fox walk into the chicken coop and sell a mandatory <laughs> injection to the chickens and the people that are supposed to be standing between the chickens and the and the and the fox are like, yeah, you better get you better do what he says. Yeah, we doctors are supposed to be sort of like the watchman on the tower. Yeah, when you know we're supposed to protect people first, do no harm, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're hurting people, and we're we're turning a blind eye to it. Uh, so yeah, I, I've seen some. Um, I've seen some conservative commentators. We were talking about J.P. Sears. Yeah. Uh, 
excellent. That dude is is on. Is, it. Isn't like he you on said, point? He's he's he so is smart. excellent. <laughs> uh, but even in his most recent video, you know, he he's he talks about hey, you know, and this is probably sort of a CIA maybe legal thing where he's like, yeah, it should this this should be a decision between you and your doctor. I'm going to tell you right now, I I know almost everyone I know is in the healthcare field, and primarily they are physicians. Uh, at this point in my life, I've been in it so long. Almost everyone I know is a doctor. Mm-hmm. I can count on one hand and not use all of my fingers and still be uh, able to pick your nose. Yeah. Then yeah. The people that I know personally who are doctors who are not vaccinated. Yep. We're talking about like effectively 100% of doctors are, are totally on board with this garbage. Yep. They're completely bought into it. And I'm not talking like, Oh, I, I work in San Francisco uh, and, you know, my colleague comes prancing in the room, waving a, a rainbow flag and talking about how he just got the jab. These are these are freaking cowboys. These yeah. are people who have bunkers in their basements. These are people who watch Alex Jones and have uh, 10,000 rounds of ammunition in their closet yeah. and are don't trust the government about anything. And they got the jab. That's that's and one of the scariest things I've heard anybody yeah, say in a long it is, time. I have been like literally I've talked to to people that I I know that I'm friends with and I've been literally speechless just like what? Yeah. You you know that they want to kill you. They hate you. They're your enemy. And you're going to take their mandatory injection into your body. Volu- you're just going to go do this? Like Yep. And and these are all like everyone I all the doctors lined up first. Uh I know of some cases of doctors that were very injured actually by the vaccine i'm not going to go into too much detail because i feel like it's kind of touchy confidentiality and all that exactly i don't i don't want to air anybody else's dirty laundry but at the same time i think people need to know you're going to have that conversation with your doctor and unless they're a very special little boy uh type doctor they're they're going to give you the wrong advice yeah because we've been told i've been told it's safe and effective uh but what about it's safe and effective i said it's safe and and effective. effective Everyone, Did you not hear me? Everyone who has yeah. who has the Holocaust right now is injected. I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- there's more people post COVID vaccine dying from COVID than there are people unvaccinated yep. dying from from COVID. So, how does that make any sense? Yep. And there and these people going around with the with the masks on, and they, I tell you, Anne, it, this has been the most painful thing for me. I feel like someone flipped a switch about the middle of last year, mm-hmm. and it activated the MK Ultra yeah. or, or people or something. It's it it was activated almost overnight, and people have lost their minds. And yeah. I think part of it is that deprivation of the lockdowns, and where you know you might lose your job, you, you well, the football I game's think- canceled, you can't go on vacation, you can't go to your wedding, and that deprivation. Yeah, the the average American, you know. They will do anything to keep that the flow of corn syrup and soybean oil, pornography, and professional sports flowing directly into their their, their brain. Oh my gosh! Well said. They 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 took that away for an instant, and it broke their brains. Yep. And and they will do anything to get that that assured that 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 return to normal, quote unquote. Yep. Uh, They will do anything. Yeah sacrifice my child sure i don't know she's 12 injector i don't care as yep. long as you don't turn off the game on sunday right i gotta and, and for doctors 
I, I think this really hurts some of these older doctors, especially because these guys, a lot of these people are addicted to attention. They love going to the, the yearly ACP conference in San mm. Francisco or San Diego or wherever it is where they stay in the fancy hotel mm-hmm. and eat the fancy food and rub elbows with the the uh, editors from JAMA. And, oh, I know. my That's my buddy at the ACP. And that's, oh, that's my other friend at the ABIM. We're good buddies. And they talk about their published work and they present their articles and everyone oohs and ahs about how special they are. And they took that away from them. Yep. And they couldn't handle it. And, and so now you've got a bunch guys, of learned doctors who are, are out there pushing this crap. And the younger Sorry, guys ahead. are in debt, so they're oh. scared shitless that they're going to lose their income absolutely. and be stuck with six figures of unpayable yep. debt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, again, I don't want to get too personal. I don't want to get too into my own details, but I am facing unemployment. Mm-hmm. They're, they're soon, and I, I guarantee you, it's going to be tied to Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement. But soon, there will not be a single hospital in this country that will not have mandated the vaccine That's for right. employees. Yeah. And it's not just mandated and you can get an, an exemption if you almost died the first time you got the shot or you have a religious exemption. There will be no exemptions. Mm-hmm. You are going to be unemployed. And yeah, the average doctor comes out of uh, you know four years of medical school and then at least three years of residency during which you don't really, you don't pay any debt. Uh, and that's just a cruise. And they're, they're sitting there with 250, 300, $500,000 yep. uh, in debt that accrues yep. daily interest. Mm-hmm. And you, okay, I got to get a couple of shots in my arm to be able to pay this down and not live on the street Yep, and have a job after all that. Okay. I guess I'll do it. You know? Uh, but I thought, I thought slavery was abolished with the oh, civil yeah. war. I thought, I thought slavery was abolished and we all live in freedom now. I thought we had bodily autonomy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What happened to my body, my choice? Huh? Yeah. Yes, that only works if you're trying only, to murder the unborn. Exactly. Yep. It only applies if that if that other body is someone else's body. Yep. Nurse Claire, girl, go. I would absolutely validate um, what Doctor Beep said. I know the hospital system that I work for currently does not mandate the vaccine, although I've got inside info that that's coming down the pike. Um, And even without a mandate, they have a 70% compliance rate. The vaccine was rolled out in our hospital on December 14th, and I can testify that colleagues I worked with, work with, whom I thought were smart and learned people and were critical thinkers, put more effort into researching what model refrigerator they would buy than asking what the hell is going to be injected into my body. These people rolled out of bed one morning, went into work, threw a party and rolled up their sleeves and thought that this was a ticket to freedom, thought that they were doing something for others. I mean, they have bought the propaganda so thoroughly and... And let us let us hasten to remind the leadership, the listenership, that one of the main cheerleaders of this bullshit is literally a drag queen, literally a drag queen. So, yeah. Well, yes, but uh, <laughs> I, I was getting <laughs> Yeah. Dickless Levine I, is who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I was about to say is that this also spans party lines. Yeah. I work with flaming liberals flaming liberals and i work with diehard maga trump people mm-hmm. and they all 
they all are on board with this vaccine. Yep. Um, it's been one of the more stunning things that I have witnessed personally in my lifetime. I agree that it is like a zombie apocalypse. It is like a flip switched because 24 years, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. And again, these are people, I work alongside surgeons, I work alongside anesthesiologists, I work alongside other nurse anesthetists. Now, I don't have a doctorate degree, but a lot of my colleagues do. And they've published um, tons of research. These are people that are very well known in their profession, nationally recognized, and they never questioned a damn thing about this. Never questioned a damn thing about it. Yep. It's, and it, it, going back to the, you know, the churchy religious part of this podcast, we, all three of us, everybody in our group, we all talk about this, cannot overemphasize it. Living in a state of unrepentant mortal sin makes you stupid. It doesn't lower your IQ. It doesn't lower I, your IQ by one point, but it makes you functionally stupid so that you can't you can't discern things you can't discern that are right. right in front of you objective reality and right i'm glad that you. you i'm glad that you said this because the point that i want to make I, I was standing in my kitchen the other day and i had the exact same thought sin makes you stupid it dulls the intellect mm -hmm. however and i've known this we've all known this we've said this for how long however when you telescope out and you look at what's happening with just this COVID nonsense and the vaccine and how many people um, are blinded to this, it should make you fall to your knees and realize how truly far away from God we really are. Yeah. I mean, think think about just a few decades ago. Do you honestly believe that the United States just a few decades ago, even being the Protestant, you know, whatever, the Free culture Masonic. that it was, Freemasonic yes. nation that it was and is, but like, let's say 40 years ago when, when I'm being born, you know, um, Dr. Beep is getting ready to be born. Do you honestly think that those people would have fallen for this horse shit? They wouldn't have. Even, even being outside of the church, outside of the one true faith, Novus Ordo was Catholics, even they still had enough of a connection to our Lord and his church that they wouldn't have fallen for this horseshit. The fact that we're sitting here and that everybody's on board with sodomy, I mean, everybody's on board with abortion, everybody, everybody is on board with contraception, obviously. Um, transgenderism transgenderism mm -hmm. all these chickens are coming home to roost and how it manifests is in this suicidal suicidal autogenocidal zombie mindset of this situation and i mean you talk about well this is i say it all the time this this situation is not going to be solved um outside of supernatural intervention without war who in the hell is going to fight this war? Because there's like 23 of us at this point who who it can even see what the hell is going on. And you say, well, and you're getting into some sort of weird Gnostic um, 
totally exclusionary. You're the only one and your circle of people are the no. only people. And I, I, that's almost a temptation. That's like a, a satanic temptation at this point to try to make us believe that because our numbers are so small that we have to be somehow wrong in all of this. Guys, it's all prophesied. It's all prophesied. Well, when our Lord says, will I find any faith left on earth? I mean, yeah. he, he's not kidding. That means extremely small numbers. And whether this is the big show or not, I, I mean, obviously we've got an anti-pope who's probably the false, false prophet foreign of the antichrist. I mean, at this point, you've just got to be an idiot to not at least entertain the notion. If you are completely dismissing the possibility that this is the big show, the Antichrist is just around the corner. And guys, remember, the prophecies about the Antichrist is, is that he's going to roll in with a solution to a seemingly insurmountable global problem. Hello? Hello? Now, I don't, think he's, I don't think he's rolled in yet. I don't think he's on the scene yet. I think he's probably on Earth, but I don't think he's on the scene yet. But we're going to all have to be super duper careful because if somebody rolls in and says, okay, I got, I got this, I got this. Yeah, everybody has this idea that this sort of antichrist individual and system are going to be this like obviously oppressive, evil, no. uh, dark, uh, you know, gonna, like the movie bad guys. A liberator. Yep. hundred yep. percent. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be very tempting to go along with it, even if you maybe think it's not right, because it's, yeah, it's going to be solving problems. Yep. I mean, it, it says in the Bible, I'm not a theologian, but it says in there, I'm pretty sure that it, it, it could very well fool the entire world, even the elect, if Even possible. the elect, yep. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. And like go, going back to the, the living and, and mortal sin, the average person, person in this country is, is so blind. Yeah. I mean, the average, I mean, just think of, it's, it's disturbing, but it, every time I meet a guy that I think kind of seems on the up and up and then he's, you know, and there's people like sort of normie people that don't know that, Oh, whatever. I, I heard I should get a vaccine. I'm probably going to get it. That is a little different to me. It still it demonstrates in a total lack of discernment. Yeah. Uh, but still the, the true believers, when I meet a true believer now, I think, my goodness, I would not want you watching my kids. Yep. I would not want to see your internet search history, buddy. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of darkness is in your life that you've invited in that is blinding you to this obvious evil? Yeah. This is uh, the the Trojans are in are in Troy. The Greeks are at the gates and the, the Greeks come up and and give them a syringe and all the Trojans take take yep. take an injection. Yep. How stupid. How unbelievably stupid. Yeah. I always wondered, why did they bring the wooden horse in? Well, I guess now we know. Yeah. Yeah. We saw this with the mask. It was such a clear defiance of common sense. Yep. Yet everyone put the diaper on. Yep. And readily put the diaper on. And I went to the mall today. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it was Saturday and there were just more people out, but I saw now where I live, there's no vaccine or I'm sorry, there's no mask mandate anywhere at all. Indoors and out. Indoors and out. Wow. There's no masking where I live. However, 
that mall today was loaded with people still clinging to their mask. Really? And I guarantee you all of them were vaccinated. Yeah, that's they've the all, other they've thing. They've all been <laughs> double, the double vaccinated, uh, probably yep. had COVID, you know, probably had tested positive for COVID, got the vaccine and still double mask in the car alone. In the car alone. Yes. Uh, yes. Unreal. I saw a lady with a face mask on the other day alone in the car driving. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it just goes back to this. It is a religion. It's a religious sort of thing. It is. Well, Dr. B, you you made a really good point that I want to kind of pivot to. And you were talking about the effeminacy that you're seeing in all of that. And the quote, I'm so overwhelmed, you know, that whole line of argumentation. Do you you want to go off? You might as well, because get it off your chest. This is your opportunity. And share share it with several thousand people while you're at it. Are, are you talking about physicians being this way or well, just yeah, everybody? I mean, just, yeah. yeah, I think that was the context in which you put it. Just that whole, you know, mewling, effeminate, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed by all of this. Oh, and Nurse oh, Claire, yeah. you too, because the, you went through, Nurse Claire, you went through what What was the bad year, 2010? Oh, yeah. And, H1N1. And, and that was for real. That was H1N1. for real. H1N1, yes. Bodies were piled up. We were out of ECMO machines. We ran out of ECMO machines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not who cares about ventilators? We were out of ECMO machines. And ECMO and, for the for the listenership, guys, those I are heart lung bypass masks. machines, right? Right. Yeah. And I was intubating these people with no mask on my face, no goofy none of this. None of this. And you weren't going home and getting on Facebook and making videos of yeah. yourself nope. saying, oh. No. Nope. I, wa- I wasn't getting on Facebook and talking about and crying and, crying. and talking yeah. about how awful this was. I wasn't looking for um, praise from the public yep. because I'm a frontline hero or yeah. what, whatever this absurd. So I mean, I walk into work now and the employee entrance of my hospital is still lined with superhero decals on the walls. And it is just so belittling like I'm some kindergartner. Yeah. Yeah, you did great. I'm paid. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm financially compensated for what I do. This is my job. I'm not a hero. I'm not. What absurd bullshit. And the first time that one of these superhero frontline workers turns down the vaccine oh well then we'll see what how much of a hero people think you really are i it, yeah. it's just they uh, they did that anyway. really well uh, labeling everyone on the front lines as a hero everyone's like oh yeah i am a hero we're all in this together we're in this fight heroic fight together um of course it wasn't blood and guts it was tough because they imposed restrictions and and difficulties on us basically Mm -hmm. from the top down but the the day-to-day was not that hard and not scary i've not been scared this whole time and i don't think i'm not some kind of i'm not a hero but people oh my gosh i'm so scared are you scared i'm scared i'm very scared i'm still scared i got the vaccine i'm still scared i'm like i've not been scared the whole time What, what are you seeing that makes you scared i've seen some unhealthy obese 60 year olds die mm-hmm. plus or minus 10 years or whatever on average uh i've not seen anyone that looks like me die i'm not scared you know when it first kicked off and we didn't know what was going on i was a little nervous for my grandparents i was like i don't know what this is you know they're we, we, it was all bs from the beginning and it was pretty obvious to me that it was but you never know um but 
I've not been scared at all. So I, yeah, this I'm so overwhelmed posting on social media. I'm still scared. I'm still wearing the mask. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. Your ancestors killed woolly mammoths and fought <laughs> hordes of enemy soldiers pouring over their gates. Yep. You can't face a 99.99% chance of survival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I faced greater mm-hmm. odds of dying in training exercises in the military. Mm-hmm. You oh, face course. a greater yes. risk of dying driving across the country. Yeah. Uh, it's just so absurd and it's pathetic. And it honestly, it destroyed any illusions I had about the integrity of my profession. And it has really destroyed my respect for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm wringing of the hands. And it's this, uh, I bought a hat from JP Sears that says, fear is not a virtue. Mm-hmm. And that is the sentiment that I want to push because fear is a virtue for these people. Yeah. In their religion, oh, yeah. damn right it is. And that is the anti-gospel. What does our Lord say and what is throughout, even back into every, the Old Testament, be not Bible. afraid. Fear not. Fear not. And it is, it, it's like if you were like a really sort of gossipy kind of uh, doing it for the uh, for the sort of image Catholic and maybe you brag to your friends about how often you go to confession. I go every day. I'm really special. You know, something like that. I don't know. That's the sense I get about this fear kind of confession. It's a confession of fear. Right. It's like a proclamation. It's like uh, in, in sort of Protestant circles where you come out and you you profess that you have given your life to Jesus and he, and now you're saved. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing that I, I, the vibe that I get for this fear thing. I'm, I'm very afraid. I'm more afraid than you. Oh, it's their creed. I don't know. Yeah. It's their, it is it's their, their, creed. it's their creed. It's their confession of faith that they're afraid. Yep. yep. It yep. is their confession of faith is fear. Baptism is the, is the vaccine. And I don't know. I don't want to know what comes next. I, the sacraments only get uglier from here yeah. for these people. The Luciferian um, sac- sacraments only only get worse. Yep. Yep. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, so we kind of touched on um, the loss of ability to work. You guys are kind of both facing that. Um, you know, just theorizing about where this is going to go and how people are going to get are are going to get medical care going forward because I've said this before on the podcast with you guys with Super Nerd there is no way in hell I'm going anywhere near a hospital voluntarily I would have to be unconscious and they would have to haul me in in an ambulance I'm not going anywhere near a hospital you may not have to worry about that because let's take a little trip down memory lane and remember last summer we were requiring all patients to come into the hospital and have a COVID test. Mm -hmm. If you did not have a COVID test, we wouldn't operate on you. Surgeons would refuse. And so very soon that will morph into you're not going to get chemo until you've been vaccinated. You won't get surgery until you've been vaccinated. So if you, I, I'll throw this out for the listenership. If anyone's in need of any kind of elective surgery right now, Do if it. you need your rotator cuff repaired, mm-hmm. if you need your knee scoped, you better get it done now because yep. my thought is within the next 
maybe six to 12 months, mm-hmm. hospitals will refuse to treat if you are not vaccinated. And let me yep. also add to that list um, anything dental, anything regarding your teeth, do it now. Anything regarding your eyes, if you have cataracts and you've been thinking about getting lens replacement or anything like that, for the love of God, do it now. Do it now. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, and this is going to be systemic, but it's also going to be individual. Uh, I think I can, <clears throat> I said earlier, I don't want to air any dirty laundry, but I, I think I will air a little bit of dirty laundry about the profession, um, about pertaining to this point. You're not going to have any advocates on the inside. Yep. I don't have any advocates. Yep. I can't turn to my buddy uh, who, who also works in the hospital and be like, wink, wink. Hey, I need a favor, you know, whatever. Can you sign my fake COVID thing or whatever? You're not going to have any of that. I there's a there's a website called Doximity. It's kind of like a, a, a social media for prof, uh, medical professionals. I think it's primarily physicians, but I think there's other folks on there. Uh, but it's more it's for sort of uh, social networking and for finding jobs and whatnot. I use the app because it allows me to call my patients from my cell phone, uh, and it comes up as the office number. Um, but Sometimes I get on there and read the little news articles that, that are posted. If you could read the comments on here, it is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part, most of the patients that we treat in medicine have in some way contributed to their condition, right. unless it's, you know, a, a random rare genetic condition or something. You know, the, the average patient that comes in, they're a diabetic because they eat too much. Yep. You know, they have COPD because they smoke. Yep. We take care of them. You know, half my patient population is on meth, it seems, but I still take care of them. And mm-hmm. that's never been an issue. It's never been questioned. There was a, a, an article posted the other day about a man somewhere that had access to the vaccine early on, like January, but he didn't want to get it. He was scared. He didn't trust the system. So he ended up getting COVID and now he requires a lung transplant. Uh, and now he regrets that he didn't get the vaccine. Um the, the comments on this article show you everything you need to know about if you're going to have advocacy within the medical profession. I'm disgusted. Are they murderous? No one, are they saying let oh, him die? Or Absolutely murderous. Yeah. Let him I, die. I've seen similar comments. He does but, not deserve that yeah. lung. If he can't get the a COVID vaccine, what's to say he, can ta- he won't uh, stop taking his immune suppression meds? Uh, there's other more deserving people who have been vaccinated who deserve it better, yeah. more than he does. Yep. Absolute murderous, almost 100% of the comments on there. Every few, there'd be maybe three or four comments that were like, oh, I mean, this is kind of an anecdote. I don't know. And just absolutely eye-opening and disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so make make no uh, mistake about it. You're not going to have an inside guy. Yep. And if you do, they're, they're not going to be able to help you anyway. No, and I've I've seen similar comments on um, various uh, Facebook accounts that belong to um, medical groups, um, nurses, doctors, whatever. I've seen the exact same type of thinking. I worked in the operating room several weeks ago with a surgeon who was running his mouth and said, "Well, to be honest, you know, if people don't want to get the vaccine, they're such they're such pigs anyway. They're, I, I almost don't have a problem with seeing some of these anti-vaxxers drop dead." Yep. Um, and you know, it struck me sitting in that operating room, I work with this surgeon pretty frequently and we get along. We have a good working relationship, but it was that moment that I realized this man has such disdain and downright hatred 
for people like me that if I, if I opened my mouth right now and told him my thoughts, he wishes death on me. Yeah. So, do, so does anybody have any doubt or question that he wouldn't try to destroy your career and your livelihood? If he wishes Correct. death on Absolutely. you, it's far Absolutely. less to try to destroy someone's career. Yeah. Absolutely. The other point that I would like to bring up mm -hmm. is we already see this dynamic within pediatrics. We already see pediatricians who refuse to care for children whose parents do not want to vaccinate them. These pediatricians will gaslight these parents and, and turn them into or, or portray them as the most villainous parents because they dare question mm -hmm. vaccinating their child against a disease like chickenpox. Mm-hmm or giving the hepatitis B vaccine to a newborn on day of life one. Yeah. And let's be clear, hepatitis B is transmitted through IV drug use and sex. And sex. Yep. So what, what pediatrician um, in their right mind is vaccinating a newborn for hepatitis B? They all are. None of them question this, but when a parent does, they will kick you out of their practice. Yeah. So I have no doubt within six to 12 months, adult patients who decline the COVID vaccine will not receive medical treatment. Yeah. And speaking of gas, I hope I'm wrong, but well, I do too. We all do. I mean, we're, we, do, none of us want to be right. It's the Cassandra syndrome. You know, you, you're jumping up and down, screaming and yelling with your hair on fire, and you, you want to be wrong. You want yes. to be wrong, but unfortunately, speaking of gaslighting, um, there are people now who get the death jab, go to their doctor and say, this is kicking my ass, and I have long-haul post-vax, you know, post-vax long-haul, and they're getting, the doctor is gaslighting them, and putting down in their record that they have, you know, psychological problems mm -hmm. and referring mm -hmm. them to psychiatrists. Yes. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's I, I, and I want to, I would, I want to point out too, because I've had this argument with, with people kind of about the long haul part of things. Mm -hmm. I, I, that doesn't surprise me at all, Ann, at all. Yeah. Um, but what I've had thrown in my face is, oh, well, these are short term side effects from the vaccines. Uh, you know, yeah, the myocarditis, it's going to be around for a few weeks, whatever. 19-year-old kid alters his life for a while, whatever. Not a big deal. Aren't you worried about long COVID? All these people getting long COVID? <laughs> Which essentially in the literature, it sounds like, oh, for a few weeks, mostly, for a few weeks after I had COVID, I felt run down and short of breath and a little fatigued. Who hasn't had a cold or the flu or bronchitis exactly. and felt crappy for a month after? I, there was a time yes. when I was in medical school, I was run down. My immune system was garbage. I was probably drinking too much and studying for too many hours. I got bronchitis and sinusitis and I was sick an entire summer. Yeah. Did I have long COVID? No, no. it's ridiculous. And I will put it this, I'll, I'll say this. I have not seen a single case of long COVID. Mm -hmm. I have taken care of all kinds of people that have had COVID in the last year and a half. I've yet to find one that had lingering symptoms beyond a couple of weeks after their their infection. Yeah, I mean, it's that's it's a it's a total nonsense red herring that yep. they're using to silence people like us 
who question, you know, young, healthy people getting the vaccine. Well, there's a chance he could get long COVID if he got COVID. It's, it's total nonsense. I mean, so don't buy that if these people throw it at you. memories of their own adult life. You get, you get the flu every three, four, five years. I think that's probably average. You get Most people get a cold every year. A lot of people get the flu every three, four, five years. It kicks your ass. You're in bed with a fever for a day or two. And then, yeah, it takes you two, three weeks. And, you know, especially for people who work out, like I know you guys are very athletic and I used to be athletic and do CrossFit and all that stuff. And you, I mean, you could diagnose yourself or, or quantify, okay, I'm, I just got my ass kicked by the flu. I'm two and a half weeks out. I went to CrossFit and I'm like 80%. And you can, you can feel yourself slowly coming back, but you can feel that you're not right for weeks after this. Absolutely. Does nobody remember this? Does nobody have any memory of their own adult lives? I mean, this is just- And as a a medical professional, we have names for these things that we've known about for years. Post-viral cough syndrome. Uh, There's all kinds of post-viral syndromes that you you can end up with. Yeah. Uh, You know, these viruses, they produce all kinds of cytokines and all these different, they cause all kinds of inflammation Mm -hmm. uh, and- that has that has downstream effects. Yeah, COVID is it's this is nothing new. Yeah, and it, it again, it's like global warming. It's an easy sell because, like you said, people have goldfish brain. Mm-hmm. Like, gee, it's really hot this summer. Ah, global warming. Yeah, yeah, it feels really hot, and and, and it feels hotter than you remember it feeling last year. Except, Almost every year. Except it isn't. It's, it isn't. It, but it it's an easy sell. It was never this hot when I was a kid. Hell yes, it was. It was. Yes, it I remember was. You just every didn't summer remember. at the babysitters checking the temperature. Oh, it's 100. Let's go jump in the pool. I yeah, mean, it's, it gets hot in the summer. But the smooth-brained uh, among us think that it's they're special and this is special. And the smooth-brained. You know. <laughs> I got to write that down too. Oh, We've it's... got flavor drops and we have smooth brains. <laughs> <laughs> flavor Not a wrinkle drops there. for the smooth brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, kids. What else you got? What else you want to go off on? We're at 67 wow. minutes, so we can keep going if you want. <laughs> Honestly, so Anne, I... there's a lot that I could probably say, but I, I, have, I feel like I have to be kind of careful because yeah. the, the rage is right under the surface. Mm-hmm. I've, They've they've uh, they've threatened my career and my job, yep. my livelihood, my safety, uh, our safety. It's it's getting mighty tiresome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Nurse Claire. How well, you doing, girl. <laughs> I too have much I could I could pontificate on. Um, I think that we have established um, that COVID is a treatable disease. Um, even without treatment, the recovery rate is 99% roughly. It, it's a little, it's like 97 or something for the very elderly. Mm-hmm. But in general, in general, the recovery rate is 99%. And so if we were able to offer people treatment, those numbers would be even better. Yeah. Um, and so I want, I want to just address this phenomenon that I see on social media um, from the church, from from <sighs> even even trad priests, okay, yeah. 
who are saying things like, well, you know, yes, the vaccine is tainted by abortion, which I mean, that's a whole tangent. We could go down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. But they'll say something like, the, some very squishy, very squishy comment. Well, the vaccine is tainted by abortion, but you can take an abortion tainted vaccine if there's no other treatment and the situation is grave and this is a pandemic. So let us just address this because the clergy, I'm sorry, and I know there's priests that listen to this podcast, um, but I'm... You know, I, I don't mean any disrespect. Girl, but if you a, don't say it, I will. And they're all going to agree because it. it's a truth. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, so th- that is complete horse crap. Yeah. Okay. First of all, COVID, this is not some bodies in the street that were stepping over Black Plague of Medieval Europe mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second of all... You're advising people to take a vaccine that, as we have already discussed, is dangerous. Yes. Okay? The side effects of the vaccine um, are not offset by the benefits of it. Nope. So let's talk about the the relative risk reduction. Oh, uh, the okay? efficacy, we'll, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll just, we'll, I mean, I have, I have the EUA documents that were submitted to the FDA. And I have them for all three of the vaccines that we have approved in the United States. And so just to recap for people who might have been in a cave for the last six months, we we have in the U.S., we do not have AstraZeneca. So no one in the United States is getting AstraZeneca, um, which is the one that you hear about, you know, in, in Europe causing all of this brouhaha. With it's people. clot juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm, right. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so... We do not have AstraZeneca in the United States, but we still have plenty of blood clots. We have the Johnson & Johnson, um, which is a viral vector vaccine. Um, and then we have the two mRNA vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer. And my personal experience, I've encountered mm, very few patients that have gotten Johnson & Johnson um, quite a few that have gotten Moderna and the overwhelming number of patients that I've encountered have gotten Pfizer. Mm-hmm. So let's just look at the numbers for Pfizer. And what were we told when these vaccines were rolled out in December? That they were 95% effective. They were 95% effective based on the limited studies that were conducted last summer. Mm-hmm. I think they started in July. Shit, shit. So, let's, let's just say it. They, they started that crap like in 2018. Well, I mean, there's yes. documentation that this crap yes. was patented and they were right. already working on it before right. event 201 in October yes. of 2019. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, you know, I said to my oldest child, I said, if I told you that, that, the Pfizer vaccine is 95% effective. What what would you conclude from that? Because that's the the line that's been put out on the news, on the media. And and she said to me, "Well, I would I would assume that means I have a 95% chance of not getting COVID." And that's the way this is being marketed. Mm-hmm. But what that number is, what they're t- giving you there is the relative risk reduction. And that only considers a very limited number of participants in the study. What you really want to look at is the absolute risk reduction, which is the difference between people with the vaccine who get COVID and people without the vaccine who get COVID, mm-hmm. and the people and their their 
background risk for that. And so when you break that number down, statistically speaking, and you look at the the absolute risk reduction for the Pfizer vaccine based on the data that they submitted last summer to the FDA, the absolute risk reduction is only 0.88%. That's not 88%, folks. That no, no, is no. less, that is than, less 1%. than 1%. Yeah. Correct. And then there's another number that we can derive from that. The absolute risk reduction is used to derive um, a number called the NNV, the number needed to vaccinate. And that number represents how many vaccines have to be administered to prevent one, one case, one case, not one death, not one death, one case of COVID-19. So the data that was submitted to the FDA for the EUA demonstrated that the number needed to vaccinate for the Pfizer vaccine was 119. So you needed to have 119 people vaccinated to prevent one case of COVID. Now, someone like Fauci, if you send that to him, he would say, well, that that means we have to get all these shots in arms. We need to get more people vaccinated. That's why we need to get everybody vaccinated. No, what it really means is that you have a defective piece of shit that you're trying to sell to people. And now that the numbers um, are coming out of Israel, because Israel started, it was the first country, I believe, the first to start a mass vaccination Mm -hmm. campaign back in mm, early on January, February, yeah. I think. So Israel, for those who don't aren't aware, actually created, I would, I would call it a system of apartheid. Yeah. They have a two-tiered si- society now of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated in Israel, you can stay in a hotel. If you're vaccinated in Israel, you can go shopping. If you're vaccinated in Israel, you can go to a gym. If you're not vaccinated, you're in your house and you're only allowed out to buy food, basically. Um, But since they have such a high percentage of their population vaccinated and they, they vaccinated with Pfizer, which is interesting because Pfizer underwrites the um, Israeli Department of Health. <laughs> so you can't make this shit up. So these people, Israeli citizens, your government has sold you out to be lab rats. Okay. Um, but anyway, so the numbers coming out of Israel. I'm biting based, my tongue, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm so biting my the, tongue. The numbers, the numbers um, that we're seeing about the Pfizer vaccine coming out of Israel that are not the numbers from Pfizer's very limited study last summer. These are the numbers that have been extrapolated onto the general population. They actually show the absolute risk reduction of, of the Pfizer vaccine to be... Are you ready for this? <laughs> Lay it on a zero. Zero point four six. So it's than, even it's less even, than one half of one percent. Yes, it's even less effective than than what they tried to sell to the FDA. Mm-hmm. And the number needed to vaccinate is actually two hundred and seventeen. Nice. So nice. yeah, yeah. So it's good job, junk. guys. Oh, this is this is junk science, and Unreal. you clergy. You clergy, I'm looking at you, Mm -hmm. the USCCB, Mm -hmm. you guys who are encouraging the faithful to incur the risk of this vaccine with absolutely no benefit. Yep. 
shame on you. And can I just, can I acknowledge the 800 ton pink elephant who's standing over in the corner of this room? There is an undeniable correlation amongst clergy, amongst clerics, clerics and prelates, and also in the broad, in the broad culture, in the broad society, between homosexuals and covidism the 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 sodomites just love all this the sodomites are the ones who are pushing this if you look at a parish where they're mass nazis or not mask nazis and and who's going along with this crap and who isn't i'm sorry i'm gonna say it because that's my job and that's my basically my vocation in life it maps almost perfectly to either sodomites or sodophiles. And what I mean by sodophiles are people who might be, you know, heterosexually attracted, but are totally on board with the whole sodomy thing, you know. So sodophiles, they, they're fine with it. Um, the correlation there is, the, the R squared on that is like 0.99 something, okay? Um, the, the sodomites love the idea of objectifying other people, of saying that other people are dirty and diseased <laughs> like they are. Excuse me, read Romans. It's right there. They're, they receive in their bodies the due penalty for their error. They want everybody to be dehumanized, objectified, and dirty like they are. And so the correlation here maps perfectly. Show me a priest who's running around or show me a bishop who's running around playing these damn games and all and or and rolling up their sleeve and doing this dollars to donuts I'll I'll lay odds I'll lay I'll lay solid odds that that guy is same sex attracted at minimum at minimum so dismount soapbox and go ahead <laughs> Mhm mm well, I, I think, and I, I do think that I've noticed that that correlation, and it has really cracked me up to have someone uh, tell me that I'm dirty because I don't have my mask on. You know, there, put on your mask. After and, he and just got, he he's just on got grinder. He's on. Yeah, grinder. he just got yeah. done with the thousandth guy that year. Yeah, behind the dumpster, behind yep. the grocery store where he works. Yep. Uh, Excuse me if I don't really buy into this. It's projection. Uh, it's, it's disgusting. Totally projection. Yep, absolutely. But speaking of this, I, my my church is hosting a vaccine uh, drive this weekend. So, oh, you, and no. you're getting ready to try to get into the SSPX too, aren't you? I mean, no, well, no joke. No joke. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I'm. I, if if I still have a job, <laughs> um, which it's not looking good because I'm applying for a religious exemption and I don't have high hopes. Well, uh, so. that, that brings up another point because now, you know, people have been saying all along, oh, Anne, who, who the hell cares? What does it matter whether or not who the Pope is or whether or not Bergoglio is or isn't or whether or not mm -hmm. Ratzinger's mm -hmm. resignation was valid or not? Uh, excuse me, now it matters because you are a believing Catholic. You file for a religious exemption and they come back at you and they say, that faggot anti-pope is 100% on board with all of this and is in fact yep. saying that it is a sin if you do not do this. Huh, I wonder how it matters whether or not he's the vicar of Christ on earth. Ugh. 
Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm shaking. I'm shaking with yeah. fury right now. You, you Yet own again. this, people. You own <laughs> this now. Yeah. Yet again, I will hold my tongue because I've probably said enough. <laughs> well, uh, it's, my, it's my job to say the, the really <laughs> nuclear strength stuff. So, you know. Yet again, I must say it is all so tiresome. Yeah. It is. It's mentally, it's a roller coaster. There was a story floating around earlier this week of a nurse. I believe she was in Missouri. I may have the details wrong, but this was a nurse who applied for a religious exemption from the COVID vaccine after her hospital mandated it. And she was given a form to fill out by the hospital. She had to take this form, I think, to her priest, her parish priest, who then stared at her and said, well, I'm not going to sign this. Yep. The bish- the bishops have said that this ac- this vaccine is permissible. The Pope yep. has even said the vaccine is permissible. The not Pope, just permissible, the it's the godly thing to do. Yeah, it's it's, right? it's a sin if you don't. This is yeah. this is an act of charity. Yep. It is not an act of charity and let I think that we can be very clear on this. It is demonstrably not your obligation to take this vaccine. It's a sin against the fifth commandment because it's it's, it's self harm. Yeah. It's basically yes. Russian roulette, and you. Yes, it's never yeah. permissible to do something that. I mean, you know, we can talk about oh, you eat too much or you drank too much yeah. or, or whatever. That's not what we're talking yes. about here. It, we're talking about Russian roulette with your right. body. Yeah, it's it is a sin against the fifth commandment in its link to abortion Mm -hmm. and in its potential for great harm Mm -hmm. to oneself. We are not able to stratify who's at risk for this vaccine. Let's also be clear about that. We knew the at-risk populations for COVID. Mm -hmm. We're not able to stratify who's at, at highest risk. I mean, the patients that I've seen are just randos, randos, that took a vax and had some terrible side effect. There's no risk stratification here. Yeah. And so any one of us who takes this may blow a big pulmonary embolism. Yep. Or yep. may clot off our brain. Yep. We don't know who's at risk for this. Yep. And therefore, it violates the fifth commandment. It is a sin against prudence. And there's no way in hell any clergy member should be telling the faithful that they're obliged to take this. Mm-hmm. Amen. Man. Yep. All right, kids. What do you think? Anything else? Any other bullet points? I think there's Just pray nothing for else us. I can... Yeah, please pray. There, uh, there's and, a lot of us yeah. that are going to be Poor really mess. in a lot of trouble here very soon because um, I'm hearing September Yeah. Um, for this vax mandate from... I've heard this from various sources. I will point out part of the Affordable Care Act under Obama tied in through the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, tied in hospital reimbursement rates with their percentage with with their employee compliance with the flu vaccine. And that is why in the 2011, 2012, et cetera, et cetera, flu seasons, hospitals mandated a flu vaccine for all of their staff. Trump relaxed that a little bit, and I was able to get an exemption the last few years. I haven't had a flu vaccine in years, but the precedent has been set, Mm -hmm. and I have no doubt, I have no doubt that the communist that currently occupies the White House will um, 
by regulatory fiat put put some sort of reimbursement tie-in mm-hmm. with hospitals um, employee COVID vaccination rate. And so therefore hospitals will be driven to mandate this and they won't be issuing exemptions for everybody that thinks, well, you just apply for a religious exemption. Yep. No, nope. it's, it's not going to happen. No, nope. that, that's not how happen. things so, used to be. It's not like, right. That so you don't have any conscience protections anymore. Um, the, the fourth amendment or whatever religious freedom is not, is not recognized. So please, Please, in your charity, pray for us who are who are really on the front lines and are really facing facing this right now because it's um, I'm prepared Total to walk away from my job. Income. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm prepared f- for that. I th- I think I hope, but I'm not going to lie that it, it's going to be very emotionally difficult. Mm-hmm. Not to sound yeah. like an effeminate tool, but um, <laughs> it's not going to be easy and. I've been no, meaning to I mean, talk to you about your effeminacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I. 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 I feel the same way. I mean, I'm. I'm basically getting ready to really start my career. Um. I. I think what I'm going to have to do is look for other, the few like-minded folks that are, might might be in our same situation and try to go in to a private practice, cash-only type practice, uh, of some kind. Yeah. It's going to be tough because. You know, these starting up something like that costs a lot of time and money. Not not going to make a lot of money right up front. Uh, you know, I have a f- family to take care of. So they, these, this is very such a Bolshevik yep. government that we're dealing with. This is it how is. the Bolsheviks. Yep. This is how they committed the Holodomor. Mm-hmm. They essentially just prevented people from going to work, farming, farming leaving their yeah. house, and they just starved people to death. Yep. You don't have to use a single bullet. You just starve them to death. Yep. Refu- and that refuse is the to give same... them seed and then show up exactly. and say, where in the hell is the crop? Yeah. And when there's no crop, they say, okay, you're a traitor. We have to execute you now. Yeah, yeah. you're dead now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, this is the same spirit that's in, inhabiting our government. The heirs so of that Russia. is what we're up against. Yep. The heirs of Russia have, in fact, spread. Uh, and now we're living with the fruits of that. Yep. So, yep, pray for us. We're going to need it. All right, let's wrap it up, kids. Um, as always, Super Nerd does post-production on all of this. Um, couldn't do it without him. Um, supernerdmedia.com is his website, and he has a PayPal button that um, if you want to throw a little love at him, it's there. He and I are completely separate. Of course, you all know where to find me on uh, at barnhart.biz. Um, things I am not supposed to forget. Oh, um, the Barnhart podcast actually has a, a patron saint, an in-house patron saint, Saint Tiny Princess, who was Super Nerd's infant daughter who lived and died in 2018, baptized, confirmed, and of course never committed a personal sin. So we know for a fact because of the faith, the one true faith that she is in fact in the beatific vision. And when you, when you pray and ask her intercession, God knows, Our Lady knows, when you say Saint Tiny Princess, you don't need to know her exact name. They know exactly who you're talking about. So please avail yourself of her patronage because I think she's sitting... Let, let, let me, let me, let's just put this young lady to work. Let me put it to you that way. Let's just put her to work. Um, Matthew 17, 20 intention, as always, fourfold intention. Uh, fast twice a week if you can and pray every day without ceasing that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-pope, the whole thing be nullified, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living pope since April of 2005, that Bergoglio repent, 
revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, and that Pope Benedict, you know, repent of anything that he might need to repent of, as we all do, die in the state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, nothing less will do. Our Lady, undoer of knots, pray for us. Guys, thank you so much. This was, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank um, you. Hopefully we, yeah, we can thanks, do it yeah. again in a few weeks and, you know, as necessary, I think this is going to help a lot of people and edify a lot of people. So God bless both of you. Prayers for Nurse Claire and family. Prayers for Dr. Beep and family. And until next time, this is Anne. Thanks guys. God bless. My name is Anne. My name is Anne. Okay, never mind. We don't have to beep that.